All right, so here we go. We are in a new book of the Bible. We are in the Gospel of Mark. Now, um, we just went through Matthew, and as we go through Mark, it will seem like we're covering some of the same ground. And we basically are. There's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And each one of them is written to a different audience, so to speak. But it's good for all of us. It's good for all people in all places at all times. But Matthew, when he wrote, he wrote primarily to the Hebrew community. They had the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures that had all of the prophecies and all of the pictures and all of the history and the story of the family of Abraham. And they were the family of Abraham. And so he does an awful lot of prophecies, shows that the Old Testament prophecies were fulfilled in Jesus. And he writes um, to them in a way that the things that were important to them, he would be pointing out. Now, Mark, he's writing primarily to the average Roman citizen. And Rome was ruling that part of the world, and Rome was ruling over Israel, and therefore ruling over the Jewish people, the Israelites. And they didn't like having Rome on top of them. Rome collected taxes and ruled over them. They didn't like that. They didn't like being ruled. People don't like being ruled. But Rome has sort of characteristics. And one of the things about Rome is, you know, Rome was this massive crushing army. And so one of the big values in Rome was its power, its, its authority. And then that authority that was being taken more and more into the governors and the emperors, the power. So Mark really is writing to the average sort of Roman citizen and it's the power gospel. He moves from one power encounter to another power encounter to another power encounter, showing that Jesus has all power over everything. He has power over death. He has power over blindness. He has power over nature. He has power over creation. He has power over demons. He has power over everything. And so Mark moves rapidly as well. He goes from one power encounter to another power encounter to another power encounter. We'll get to the other two gospels and they were also written to specific groups of people, uh, but Mark, the power gospel, and it's probably true that Mark's gospel was the first gospel that was written, and some people say the other gospel writers used some of his material. Maybe um, Luke probably did, because Luke told us that he um, investigated these things, and so he probably read Mark's gospel and drew from it, but uh, he jumps right in. And he says, the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah. Well, that's where we start. We start with the beginning of the good news of Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. As it's written, now he uses prophecy as well. And the prophecy that he's using comes uh, here out of Isaiah, where it says, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, a voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. So get ready. The Lord is coming. And I'm going to send a messenger. And that messenger that is being sent is John the Baptist. John the Baptist is sort of the forerunner that comes and announces, Get ready. The Messiah is coming. In verse 4. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness. Now, this, this isn't like the jungles. The wilderness uh, for them is sort of barren, actually. You would think that wilderness might indicate a lot of trees and things, but it's, it's sort of he was out there in the barren areas. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And so John was baptizing people and telling them to repent from their sins. Repent means to change your mind, not so much change your actions. Change your mind, you change your mind, your actions change. 
And they needed to change their mind because they were so religious. They thought all their religious deeds were going to save them. They needed to change their thinking about that. Confessing their sins, they went out to be baptized by John in the Jordan River. Now, the Jordan River is not um, like the big wide Mississippi or something. It's, uh, it can be very, very narrow at times. And John was baptizing in a place where it was probably pretty narrow. You could walk across it easily. Probably in 45 seconds. I mean, not very wide. And uh, John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. So he's a real mountain man. You know, he's a real wilderness guy. And this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you in water, but he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So that word baptize, baptismo, means to be immersed in. And so John is baptizing them in water, confess your sins, repent, change your mind. And he said, one's coming who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the water, in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. Seemed some sort of physical phenomenon physical, spiritual phenomena of some type. And a voice from heaven said, you are my son with whom I am well pleased. So here you see a picture of what's known as the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And they're all there at the baptism of John, the voice of the Father coming from heaven, the Spirit descending physically on him, and Jesus being there present, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the doctrine of what we call the Trinity, the three in one, Father, Son, and Spirit. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days being tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild animals, and the angels attended to him. Now Mark would like that, the wild animals. He likes the power. So, you know, Jesus even has power over the wild animals. And so watch, it's going to go fast. It's going to move really fast. You know, he's the power gospel. He's moving from one account to the next account to the next account to the next account. So after John was put in prison, new thought. New thought, another one, fast, fast, fast. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news. He said, the time has come. His message is very similar to John's. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Now, the word kingdom means basilia, the rule of God. So the rule of God is near. Repent, believe, change your mind. Start to follow. New thought again. Mark moves fast. Verse 16, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Now, this is important because this is grassroots and it's families. It's just working with families, a couple of brothers. And Jesus said, come and follow me, and I'll make you fish for people. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. If Jesus calls you, just start to follow. Start to follow wherever you are. And this is so interesting. He calls people at work. He calls people at home. He calls people right in the midst of their everyday life. He's calling you. He's calling me. And when he had gone a little further, he saw that James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Now, again, it's a family thing. Another couple of brothers are going to start being his inner circle. And they were preparing their nets. And without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. And they followed him. They become his disciples. They give up everything, begin to follow Jesus. Verse 21. They went to Capernaum. Capernaum is a town on the Sea of Galilee. 
this is where Jesus would sort of set up um, his uh, headquarters. I mean, he didn't have an office, but uh, his base of operations. He would keep coming back to Capernaum. That's where he was staying. He went out to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The foundation of that synagogue is still there today. And Jesus is teaching. He's teaching in the local synagogues. And that's what we like to do. We like to teach. Churches are very similar to synagogues, and they're just, they're just sort of gathering places and teaching places, a great place to go and teach. But this is a great place to go and teach. So this is our synagogue, <laughs> gathering together, teaching the Word of God. And the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Something about the teaching of Jesus that was resonating with them. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, they had been hearing these things for a long time, but now they're hearing them. And Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has eyes to see, let him see. It was opening up to them. It wasn't like what they had heard all these decades and years and centuries before. Just then a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out. So there's bad people in church, <laughs> troubled people in church, weak people in church, broken people in church, and sick people in church. And what do you want to do with us, uh, Jesus of Nazareth? That's the demons speaking. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus said, be quiet, be quiet. Come out of him. And the impure spirit shook the man violently, and he came out of him with a shriek. You see the language Mark uses? Shriek. Violent. He, he fast, fast, fast. Jesus has power. One account after another. Look at the words he's using even here. Amazed. Uh, crying out. And he said, what is this? A new teaching with authority that he, he gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him and news spread quickly. See, that would be Mark quickly. He uses the adjectives he's using are amazing. He says, moving it fast, moving it fast, moving it fast. Verse 29, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went out with James and John to the, uh, the home of Simon Andrew and his mother-in-law was sick with a fever. And immediately, that would be like a Mark word, immediately, uh, they, they told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, helped her up, and the fever left, and she began to wait on them. Well, that's what happens when Jesus heals you. You begin to wait on him. You begin to serve him. You begin to follow him. But And then Mark says in verse 32, that evening, and then in verse 35, very early in the morning, uh, verse 40, a man with leprosy comes to him. 41, he's indignant. Uh, 43, Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. Mark is going to move fast, fast, fast. We're going to enjoy going through Mark. So um, we left out a few. We didn't read um, all of that. You can read the rest of it. But Mark's going to be fun. Hey, see you guys later. Bless you. Let's move through the Gospel of Mark. Let's move through the New Testament. Bless you. Love you.